You're listening to the ESPN Radio 94.1 podcast page, accelerated by Sports Innovation X. Six is bridging the gap between tech, athletes, and teams. Check them out at sportsinnovationx.com. Want a shot at the quarterback? You better not miss. Pain heels, chicks dig scars, glory. Last forever. Follow at Donnelly Sports on Twitter. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. It is time to talk about the refs. As you know, it's one of my least favorite things to do in the world. I hate it when, whether right or wrong, the game is perceived to come down to the referees. I root for, root for that type of play to not even become a thing, right? I want, I want the end of the game. If there's a hold, I want jerseys stretched, right? Ripped even. I don't want quarterbacks to be hit when they don't have the ball because I just don't want the referees to be put in that spot. I don't want controversy to decide the games. But it does seem to happen quite often. So let's get some uh, opinions on the subject. We go to the call-in line. Again, 757-687-9494. We have Wayne in Norfolk wants to talk about the refs. Wayne, what are your takes on the referees in the Super Bowl? Thanks for calling in. Good afternoon. Um, I love your show. Thank you. Uh, I I have a different spin on this one. And my spin is the referees put us in a position from having an all-time great Super Bowl to a good game. They made it anticlimactic. And granted, was it a hole? Eh, there was some holding there. But in that situation, I think if they had let it play out, we would have got a field goal. And then we would have the opportunity to see if Jalen Hurts could do it. So, so Wayne, are, are you saying? Hold on, hold on. I, I just want to ask this: yeah. Are you saying the yeah. referees should be taking into account the excitement of the game when they make their calls? Not so much the excitement of the game, but I do think they have to have an awareness of the the moment. And so, in that moment, was that whole or that um, incident of such that? It really would have um, um, made it, um, made that play, made the outcome of that play different, and I don't think it would have. I think that um, that hole was very minor, and I think that if the, or I believe if the refs had let them just play it out, we would have had uh, uh, the opportunity for a really great game. All right, we appreciate the call, Wayne. This this is going to be a very in depth conversation. There's going to be a lot of twists and turns, and you got to start it in a good spot. Again, that call in number seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four. For the other side of things, let's go to Jessica in Virginia Beach. Uh, she's also on the call in line. Jessica, thank you for calling in. What's your take on the refs? Hey Tim, um, enjoy your show. Thank you. Um, I'm definitely on the side of it's a hold is a hold, no matter mm-hmm. what time of the game it is first quarter or, you know, the last five minutes of the game. Um, they can't just take into the account of, you know, situation. If it's a hold, it's a hold. And what was driving me nuts on the broadcast was when Greg Olson was, you know, he was getting all in a tizzy mm-hmm. about it when his co-host was like, it's a hold. It's the letter of the, you know, the rule. It's a hold. And, you know, that's five yards and, you know, first down. So my thing is, if it's a penalty, it needs to be called no matter what, because, if the Eagles wanted a chance to win that game, Hurt should not have fumbled that ball. That was a unforced error, and you know what? If he hadn't fumbled that, we could be having a completely different conversation. 
Jessica, thank you very much for the call. Again, a lot of good points. This is where you're going to find me start playing the fence a little bit here, but but thank you very much for the call. Uh, again, that call in line, 757-687-9494. Let's hear from James Bradbury, who had the flag thrown on him. This is the defensive back for the Eagles that was called for the controversial hold. I mean, that's not up for my judgment. You know, I, I was hoping he would let it go, but of course, you know, he's a ref. It's a big game, and it was, it was a hold, so they called it. It was a hold. Now, actually, I'm going to agree with Jessica here. Part of the outrage is due to Greg Olson being so adamant on the broadcast. I think there's a lot of fans out there that don't fully understand, and I'm not saying this is a problem of theirs. I'm just saying, why would you spend your time learning what is or isn't a a hold? Uh, I think if he just went, oh, what a bummer, James Bradbury caught getting a little handsy, I think everybody else goes, oh, what a bummer. But instead, he said, oh, I hate that call. They went to the uh, the the referees analyst, whatever it is, the referee expert. He said, actually, it's a pretty good call. And Olsen said, I hear what you're saying, but I still hate it. And, and that's when everybody went, ooh, I can get mad about this. I've been looking for something to get mad about this week. And then they got mad about it. To me, the Bradbury hold, actually, you know, ready for this? Bradbury hold, it's in the eye of the beholder. Huh? Huh? Throw the flag for beholder. The Bradbury hold comes down to you, the person watching. And it comes down to this question. Should referees ref the game the same in crunch time as they do in the first quarter or not? We hear about it in basketball the most often, right? Oh, you got to swallow your whistle. Oh, you got to let them play. You got to let them settle it on the court. If you believe that they should referee differently in clutch moments... That is a hold that you're probably thinking is a bad call. But here's the thing. If that exact play happens on the second drive of the game, right? The Eagles score. They drive down the field. They get the ball. Touchdown. Then the the Chiefs take over. And if they get that hold on that next drive, this isn't a controversy. I'm 100% certain. That is a hold in the first quarter and nobody gets upset. So it comes down to you. Do you think the game should be refereed differently when the perceived game is on the line than it should during the, the rest of the game? That, that That's on you. Now everyone else out there screaming, well, of course not. You have to referee the same on the third play of the game as the third to last play of the game. You have to. Well, let me ask you this. Why do we only have booth review for the last two minutes of each half? Because even the NFL acknowledges those those plays are different. Right? Coaches have to use challenges. You only get two of them. Maybe three if you get them all right. To to challenge plays for the first four minutes, but in the last two minutes, every play could be challenged if the referees or the sorry, the booth upstairs keeps reviewing them because everything comes from upstairs. Because they say the last parts are different. That is a hold. The James Bradbury play is a hold in the first quarter. No one gets upset with it. Now, do you get upset with it in the last minutes of the game? That's up to you. I'm fine with it either way. But I also want to acknowledge this. It's a controversy either way. If they don't call it and the Eagles win, Mahomes was already complaining. Mahomes, as soon as that ball hit the ground, he was going to his left, 
to the ref, and he was going to say, there's a hold right there. And he would have gotten his point across to the broadcast, and and Olsen probably would have been circling it on the Telestrator going, see, this is the hold that he's upset about, and then all the Chiefs fans would be just as upset as all the Eagles fans right now. I'm okay with it either way. It was going to be a controversy either way. Right, You have the greatest player in the game right now throwing a pass that he thought should have been a touchdown and seeing a guy grab jersey, he's not going to go away quietly. And he shouldn't go away quietly, just like I'm fine with the Eagles complaining. Eagles fans out there, if you are livid and you think, hey, Jalen Hurts with the ball. Heck, we all wanted to see Jalen Hurts with the ball with 55 seconds left and a chance to go win. That's just how it gets more entertainment for us. The last two minutes, soon as they got into to field goal range and got that first down, oh, we're going to run it this way. And, oh, I think they should just. Take a knee, right? When, when you have a running back that can score and he slides down baseball style at the two-yard line, that's not entertaining. Right? The only time the referees raised their voices was when Greg Olson got a little little jumpy on the, the he's got to get down. He's got to, he should fall down. And then he slid and he was like, good. It's, it's not a, a very black and white, yes or no, inbounds, out of bounds answer. It's not. Ty in Suffolk calling in on the call-in line. You can as well. 757-687-9494. Ty, thanks for calling in. What do you have for us? Yeah, hi. Thanks for having me. Uh, I just wanted to call to touch on your uh, your comments about the referee. First of all, I don't think it's a controversy. The, uh, the defensive back admitted that he held the guy himself. So when you admit you hold somebody, it's a hold. I mean, the ref called the play. He shouldn't have to be uh, worrying about what time of it is in the game? When should he call the call? He made a call, and it was a good call. We're just looking for somebody to blame. That's all. Appreciate the call. Um, what I will say is we disagree with players in their postgame press conference all the time. <laughs> eh. Bradbury could have just been not wanting to make excuses, not wanting to be a complainer. Like Maybe that's in his defensive backs actually kind of have to be that way. Right, they kind of have to be like, yeah, I got burnt. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, okay, next play. Now I, I'm again, like I said, I'm fine with the call. I'm not here to say that was a horrendous call. The game was scripted. We, we have a couple texters, a couple texters saying the game might be a little scripted because of it. I'm trying to make sure I find the right one here. Well, you guys are very upset about the call, so it's a lot to, to sort through. Um, by the way, text line, Dreamlawn's text line, 757-687-9494. Uh, here it is, from the 757. Uh, yo, Tim. I like that. I like how that starts. Uh, do you see what you want to talk about, Robbie? I do, yes. Go ahead and give it to us. Yo, Tim, that call was very questionable and looked very sketchy. I'm not saying the NFL is scripted, but if I ever need a reason to believe so, that call right there will make my mind think something through are the refs in people's pockets i don't know but the past history tells me that some refs always shoot straight just saying i think a conversation is definitely worth having the scripted jokes i'm glad we get an off season from the scripted jokes do you really think the nfl had an opportunity to script that game and what they said was we want a last minute and 30 seconds to be extremely boring from a classic super bowl do you really think they they said, hey, you know what? We could have two of our brightest, youngest stars 
dueling it out, maybe even into overtime. But instead, let's have one of the most boring referees calls, a defensive hold, end of the game. And everyone in that screenwriter's room went, that's genius. Of course, let's do that. I don't, I don't, I don't. Matter of fact, if this might actually prove that it was the most scripted thing. Do you know why? Because this was the NFL saying, what would they least expect us to script? Because they're on to us. So let's make this the worst possible ending possible. So they would, they will, they will all assume that it's not scripted. Well, what if we had it end with a dumb call with a minute left that robs us, uh, robs us of a classic ending? They'll never think we're going to script that. Perfect. Put them on. Thomas and Suffolk has some issues with the broadcast team. We're going at, we're going at Olson. Let's see what he has to say. Thomas, thanks for calling in. What do you have? I uh, thought that they said on the broadcast that they were letting that call go the entire game, and then they just uh, changed it there at the most critical part of the game. That's that's my only issue with the call itself. Fantastic uh, entry into our conversation. And there's a lot of this going on, saying that there were more blatant holds in the past that were let go. Um, I think the most obvious answer to that is uh, if you didn't see it, you can't call it. They saw this one. Bad luck, possibly. Um, missing a call earlier doesn't mean you intentionally miss a call later. It's it's tough. And that and again, like I said, Eagles fans, be mad. I'm fine with it. Be mad. Chiefs fans, be mad that Eagles fans are mad. This is kind of one of those situations where you know there is no right or wrong answer. So whatever side on, you can defend yourself. And Tim, you mentioned that you know you can't call it if you don't see it. Us as the viewer at home, we see everything from every angle. Every camera angle is replayed over and over. They don't get that luxury. They don't get the luxury of of seeing the replay after it happens. They have to try to do it in real time. And, and we probably don't see everything. Like The things we miss, we just don't know we miss because there's not a billion other people going, you missed it. We, we just go, all right, we missed it, and we never think about it ever again. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Call and text lines will remain open. 757-687-9494. Sneaking into the weekend's news. Derek Carr being released by the Raiders. I'll tell you why there was no other way. Coming up. On the field, offense wins games and defense wins championships. On the Tim Donnelly Show, we break down both sides of the action. Touchdown! The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Is it a hold? Well, as I said earlier, I think it's in the eye of the beholder. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Talking about the controversial flag thrown at the end that robbed us of a... All-time finish. It would have been, whether you think it was a good call or a bad call, you can't argue that it would have been more fun to watch the Eagles get the ball down three with a minute left. It would have been more fun. Not necessarily the right thing, but it would have been more fun. Let's go to the call in line. Eric in Yorktown has some thoughts on the referees in the Super Bowl. Uh, Again, that number to call in, 757-687-9494. Eric, thanks for calling in. What's your take on last night's refereeing? 
Hey, I appreciate you taking the call. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with you. The, the game would have been much funner if that call <laughs> would not have happened at the end. But uh, I think it definitely was a whole two reasons real quick. Mm-hmm. One, you know, we see a pull of the jersey. We see a grab. We can't expect these refs to know, you know, how, how hard was the grab? What did, he, did he impede his progress? I mean, these guys aren't physics professors. Like, he sees it. He sees it happen. He sees an action. You got to call it. The second thing, I'm watching the game with my son, and the one thing I said when we're trying to debate was it a, a hold or not, everybody on both sides was demonstrative over the flag except Bradbury. <laughs> I mean, he's sitting there looking like he messed up. And so, I mean, these guys, they complain about calls all the time. The fact that he's standing there looking like he knew that was the moment where he lost his team the game, it, it was definitely a hold. He knew what he did. Appreciate the call. Appreciate the call, Eric. And, and uh, great call. It's a good observation. Uh, and it's a good point. Here's the the counter that I would I would use. Here's my my response. One, it could be one of those situations where, you know, how many times have we heard on the offensive line you could call holding every play? Like you can't argue and say it wasn't a hold, but you can argue and say it shouldn't have been called, right? It's a hold, but yeah, we've been doing that every play all game. Why would I think with the game on the line you would start refereeing it differently? Now, now Bradbury saying it was a hold, I hoped he didn't call it, is kind of that. right? He's saying, well, I grabbed a little jersey. But guess what? That game, they had been letting us grab a little jersey. Now, I don't, I don't know, and I saw Ross, Ross Tucker make this argument that players have these weird supercomputer brains, and it's like, if I have a big hold in the first half and you don't call it, I file that away and think there's no way they're going to call a lesser hold later on. I just think it's all instinct. Like when Juju Smith-Schuster, who's not a bad athlete, slams on the brakes, changes direction, and he's immediately trying to run back the other way, I don't think your brain is going, well, I got away with a 70% hold earlier, so I'm going to do a 45% hold here, and it's definitely going to work. I think you're reacting and trying to slam on the brakes and go back in the other directions, and your hands are falling into instinct mode and doing what you do every play as a defensive back. Call was made. He can't say it wasn't a hold because he knows it was. But he might be thinking, our receiver's getting held too. He might be thinking, I've been holding all game. You waited till that moment to call it? And as far as what the caller described, immediately after the play, right, Mahomes is running down there. The other defensive backs are saying, no, no, no. Bradbury's standing there kind of emotion, emotionless is what I was going to say. He, uh, he might have been just imagining, I'm going to be blamed for losing the Super Bowl, right? It might have been like a stance of mourning, not necessarily a stance of darn, I did it. Might have been a stance of, well, the first line of my retirement is going to be the guy that, right, he's a multiple-time Pro Bowl, a really good player, uh, really another Howie Roseman special of of a guy that wasn't showing as much value elsewhere, came over and showed a ton of value. Now everyone's going to know me as the guy from the hold in the Super Bowl, and that might have been a realization that hit him very, very plain in the face. Let's go to Patrick on the call-in line. He's from Virginia Beach. 757-687-9494 is the call-in line. Patrick, thanks for calling in. What do you think about the refs? You know, I, I think as long as they're consistent throughout the game, mm-hmm. there's there's nothing you can ask. You know, and, and when you look at it at the end of the game, it's it's the rule. You know, it, Gene Setchtor comes on or whatever his name and says, it's a hold. So, like, to think, okay, well, he needs to think, in this moment, this play, well – maybe we should let a little bit less go here. I mean, it seems like the expectation of a ref at that point is, you know, insane. Like, 
And I would have loved, obviously, like we were saying earlier, for you to be a horrible hold or, mm-hmm. or um, you know, and, and experience the rest of the game or, or even two weeks ago, right? Mahomes runs out of bounds and he hits him and shoot. Okay, yeah, that's roughing, you know, roughing the whatever, unnecessary roughness. And now, now we have a chip shot as opposed to a more climatic 56-yarder to see who goes to the Super Bowl. But it, the rule is the rule, and it, it's unfair to the players as well to have to play against you know, what, what the rules are. So for me, it's like, if it's the rule, sorry, it's at the wrong time, but the less variables, you know, in the moment, the better. I appreciate the call. Uh, and it's a good one. Again, seven five seven six eight seven nine four nine four. That That's uh, Patrick from Virginia Beach. I do think adding, and, and this is what happens with all these rules. I do think we need to simplify it for refs. It's much, if you want to, make things more obvious, more clean, better reft, make them have less decisions. I think that's fairly easy to do that way. Um, Giving them more, saying, all right, later in the game, it's this threshold. Earlier in the game, it's this threshold. Uh, You're just asking them to think more, and I want them to think less. I was also thinking about this, um, because we talked with Gene Steratore last week on Radio Row. Uh, and he was breaking down the preparation and everything. And he made a little offhand comment in the middle that that I thought was very interesting. He said, on any play, one referee is only accounting for three or four guys. They're focusing on three or four players. What about this? Okay. The NFL is printing money, right? They are just, they they have an absurd amount of money. The the gambling money's coming in. The TV deals are coming in. The salary cap is now up to 225. They weren't even sure it was going to go above 220. Um, why can't we hire 22 refs per game? And you just have, you watch one player. And you can rotate them, right? Because you don't want one guy watching one, one, one ref watching one guy the whole time. But you, you just have them... Watch a, like one player each play, and every series they rotate one spot over. And that's it. You just watch one player. Everyone around the perimeter. I mean, be creative because I'm tired of the refs being a part of the story. I'm tired of the refs being the thing that everybody wants to talk about. The, today, we started off the show talking about uh, Mahomes and Reed and, and 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 the Chiefs. We then went to Nick Sirianni. We talked a little bit about Hertz. Guess when the, the, the phone lines light up? Soon as we start talking about the refs. I don't want that. I, I mean, I want I want the, the callers. Hey, shout out 757-687-9494. I love you. But but I don't want the refs to be the story. The athletes are way too talented. The, the things they do on the field are way too cool for the refs to overshadow them. And I think what we're learning is no matter what happens, there's going to be something you can argue about with the refs. The caller brought up the push out of bounds with Patrick Mahomes in the, the AFC championship game. I don't think there's been a more obvious push out of bounds in a long time. The guy was both feet out of bounds. He was an injured Patrick Mahomes, and the guy dove to knock him over. Oh, he flopped. Oh, what is he? Oh, all of these arguments came out of it. So you know, if there's a non-controversial call, and there's arguments about it for a week, that if there's even a slightly controversial call in the Super Bowl, arguments are going to be months. This is not the last time we're going to hear about James Bradbury holding Juju Smith-Schuster, not by a long shot. 
So we need to do everything we can to get the referees put in the best position to make as close to the best possible call every single play. I said, let's hire 22 refs. How about this? 44. Two guys watch every one player. 66. Three guys watch every one player. And two out of the three have to ring the button for a foul for it to be a foul. Let's go democracy with it. Like we have to do everything. And I know that's ridiculous, but we have to do everything we possibly can to make it so the refs are not part of the story the Monday after the Super Bowl. With that being said, 757-687-9494 is the call in line. The only thing that might be more frustrating than having to talk about the refs the Monday after the Super Bowl is having to talk about the turf. The turf was falling apart during the Super Bowl. Stick around. There are three sides to every story. He chooses the one that makes him laugh. The Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Did anybody on their bingo cards have the indoor-outdoor stadium with the rolling turf that can be outside to get some sun inside to protect it from the heat being an absolute debacle during the Super Bowl. On the, Did you have that on your bingo card? If so, cross off that square. Congrats. How in the world does the NFL let poor turf become a thing in the Super Bowl? In that stadium of all stadiums. They put out so many cool time-lapse videos of the grass wheeling in and wheeling out. Look at how cool this thing is. We get to have awesome grass even in Arizona. No, you don't. Players were slipping all over the place. And every dead ball, there were like 25 staff members running out there, getting on their hands and knees, trying to patch up whatever was ripped up on the previous play. Hassan Reddick talking about the field. I'm not going to lie, it was the worst field I ever played on. Without making excuses to get to this level in this game and have it be the worst field you ever played on, I mean, it's got to be frustrating to be on. It was, it, was, it was very disappointing, you know. It's the NFL. You, you would think it would be better so, you know, we can we can get some better play. But it is what it is, man. You know, it is what it is. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe the league will look at it and tell Arizona they got to step their stuff up. I don't know what it is. I don't know. It's not my decision to make. It's not my call to make. Whatever it is, it's what it is. They brought in a new field two weeks ago. I don't even think this is on Arizona. This is on the league. You know, there's, there's, this is just kind of funny. Uh, I saw a post. I won't say from who because, you know, it's one of those deals where you posted it, you thought it was a great story, and then it turns around and it's e. Uh, the post was talking about the Sod Father, and I won't say his name. They call him the Sod Father because apparently he's overlooked the Super Bowl grass for years. The Sod Father. And it said, after this Super Bowl, he'll be retiring. And he's 94 years old. I think maybe, maybe you shouldn't have entrusted the biggest game in a multi, multi, multi billion dollar business to the 94 year old who's checked out looking at retirement. Did they just soak the field before the game? Did they just pour water on it? We were out in Arizona for the whole week. It wasn't raining a lot. And even if it was raining a lot, they could have wheeled it inside and closed the roof. Like, this is the year where there's no excuse for it. Now, you may be saying, Tim, why do you care so much about wet grass? Well, here's why. Could that have slowed down Philly's vaunted pass rush? Yes. 
It could have made it so they can't plant and get around the edge. When, when, when edge rushing is brought up at the combine, what do they talk about? Bend, oily hips. They talk about all this, this stuff, which essentially means they can run very fast as if they're running around a banked turn to get around the, the offensive line. That's what the bend they're talking about. Think Von Miller where he's running and he's like at a 45-degree angle. The, every time an Eagles pass rusher tried to do that, their legs slipped out from under them and they looked like a like a like uh, someone sliding into second base in Little League. Literally. The, the first completion, or second completion, sorry, to Travis Kelsey, it was a down and out. Great throw, great ball, great route. Everyone saw that, and and your brain is tricked to following the ball. If you go back and look at the edge rushers for Philly, both of them beat their guy and then just fell like they were on a slip and slide. Now, be clear, I'm not sure they would have gotten to Patrick Mahomes anyway. I'm not saying, oh, that play should have been a sack, but instead it was a big completion. But I am saying if players are all just falling all over themselves, probably should have done a better job with the grass. And I'll put it something this, the, the other way. Do you think maybe if you weren't playing in mud or, or soggy grass, maybe the Chiefs could have dug in a bit more and fought back a bit more against that dumb quarterback sneak the Eagles kept running? I think maybe Chris Jones was like, I could dig in and try to fight them back with my own considerable force, or I could dig in and they'll hit me and I'll slide backwards. There's a point in time where every time Philly ran a quarterback sneak, they were getting like four yards. It wasn't even like a yard. They were moving the pile. A couple of them, it was go, stop, go. And then they would just get two yards and a first down. It just seems like that would be something very, you know, high on the priority list. Let's make sure the setting is correct. Like, imagine if the the NBA was playing an NBA Finals game and they have to play it on, like, the cafe gymatorium where there's, like, chalk and everyone's falling over themselves like middle school. You know what I'm talking about? You don't have a gym. You don't have a cafeteria. You don't have an auditorium. You mix them all into one big event space. It's that, that chalky tile, but it has a basketball court and tape on it. The basketball hoops fold into the ceiling and there's a stage on one end. It's the cafe gymatorium. The NBA is like, yeah, you might slip a little, but what are you going to do? That's essentially what the NFL said. You're going to slip a little bit. Do you see Isaiah? I think it was Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, Isaiah Pacheco when he scored, and then he ran over to celebrate, and he did. It almost looked like he was going down into one of those. I don't even know what they're called. It's it's probably stereotypically Russian dance where you drop down and you're like, hey, hey, and you're kicking your legs and going into a catcher squat. He like completely unintentionally did one of those because his legs slipped out from under him and he went down into that catcher squat. That's that's bad. The sod father needs to, to answer some questions. Happy retirement. Let's get somebody with a, me- a mechanism, right? You stab something into the ground. It tells you the what you need to do. Let's get some technology up in here. All right. Four minutes of watering. It needs four minutes of watering today and... Hour and a half in the sun. Hour, that's what our little machine tells us. Let's go off of that. Sheesh. Let's go back to the call-in line. Jim in Williamsburg has some comments on the officiating. We were talking about that earlier, obviously, with the James Bradbury hold in the crosshairs. The call-in number is 757-687-9494. Jim, thanks for calling in. What do you have? 
Oh, yeah. Hey, appreciate it. Um, yeah, look, I, I caught that section earlier and just wanted to say that, look, from a fan perspective, and I had no dog in this hunt yesterday, you want parity and you want consistency and you want things to be called equal. Mm-hmm. You could turn around and make, make the comment that, you know, that the sideline catch on third down off the helmet, one foot in, one foot out, uh, you gave an advantage to the Eagles as much as anything. Uh, extending that drive, they had about three drives extended that way. Um, but I felt like with, uh, as a neutral fan in this, I thought the refs for the most part called a, a very consistent game. They let the players play. I know we don't like the way that thing ended. Um, you know, you wanted to see that drama at the end, but when you look at each play on its own merit in, in, in context to the rule book, you know, it's hard to argue what they called. Um, and I will tell you this on you, since you brought it up, the quarterback sneak thing. Yeah. That drove me crazy. yesterday. <laughs> I mean, how seriously, how uh-huh. it used to be illegal to push from behind when you get you, you add in what you're talking about now with the turf and everything else. The defense is at a distinct advantage. They've got, they're at a distinct advantage on a normal field with uh, with the way we let them play today. The offensive uh, receivers being able to do what they can do defense uh, to me, a defensive back in, in this league today. It's already starting off at a distinct disadvantage. And so when you turn around and you put all these pieces in place, I mean, how are you going to stop a quarterback sneak, um, you know, especially in those conditions, when you're going to line up, they know the count, they know when this ball is being snapped off, and then you got 400 pounds and, and you know, squatty 500 squat pound running back shoving your quarterback four yards up. There's no way you're going to stop that. The only way you do, you go over the top. And when that, when the Chiefs did that yesterday, that linebacker got taken four yards into the backfield. He's off his feet. He's in the air. So I, I thought overall, I thought the officiating was pretty neutral both mm-hmm. ways. They both got advantages at different times. And, um, you know, other than players stopping, like the, the running back coming out of the backfield, uh, did he make a football move or not? I, I had to I had to resign myself to the fact, well, okay, that's just like a broken up pass play. You know, it's not a fumble, it didn't run it into the end zone. It's just a broken up pass play. That's how you rationalize these things, but that's what the rules stated. So I'll give it back to you. Love the show. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Jim. Uh very detailed call. Here's here's my reaction to all of that. A, I do think the league's gonna look at the the quarterback sneak thing. Uh, and Steve Young said as much in the post game. Almost immediately, they were on. They were like on the field, and and they were showing highlights. And he went like, "I don't know if the league's going to allow this much more." And everyone else was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" And he was like, "All right, fine. I won't say that now. We'll talk about it in a couple months." Like, <laughs> I get it. Too soon. Fine. But I do think that that'll change. So you won't be able to push from behind, and there'll be something with the. I I they may even do away with the quarterback sneak. I I was thinking. They may say something like the quarterback can't run unless he gets at least two yards behind the line of scrimmage or something like that. Because A, they want to protect quarterbacks. They don't want them getting hit. And B, it's boring. Right? When it's third in a, in a foot and they're just going to go quarterback sneak, it's like how much more would you rather see something more exciting than that? But again, we don't have to talk about that now. Plenty of time. Um, when it comes to parity, you just want things called the same way. I always add in, if we're asking for things, I want it called well the whole time. I don't want to, I, I I don't like it when it is well you you botched a call against them so now you botched a call against us and I'm not allowed to be mad. It's like well no, I don't want any botched calls. Okay? If if we're having my my wish list here, let's have good calls. Huh? How about that one? That's kind of the way I look at it. Tim Donnelly show Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. The Kelseys. 
the week of the Super Bowl, Travis, Jason, Mama Kelsey, Papa Kelsey, all of the Kelseys, potentially new Kelsey in the Jason Kelsey household because his wife was pregnant. They were the epitome of a storybook until the final score. Step around, stick around. Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Off day? There are no off days. It's always game day on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. No off days, not even the day after the Super Bowl. It's always game day here on the Tim Donnelly Show on Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Uh, we have a caller. It's been sitting patiently on hold. Mike in Chesapeake has some thoughts on the refs we were talking about earlier. Obviously, the call against Bradbury and the refs in general. Uh, Mike in Chesapeake, thanks for calling in. What do you have? Yeah, thanks, Tim. Um, after the game, Sirianni was asked about the call. And he's a classy guy. And what he said was, you know, that one play didn't determine the outcome of the game. There's a lot of things that went in to determine, you know, who won, uh, which I thought was a classy, really a classy move on his part. But when you step back and look at the game, I think the, the thing that stuck out to me the most was how Kansas City's offensive line neutralized the Eagles' pass rush. Um, granted, you know, the footing obviously had something to do with that, but they didn't really get them home like everyone expected them. I, I completely agree, and, and thank you for the call, Mike. Uh, underrated Chiefs offensive line. They were one of the best this year. They weren't as good. The Eagles were astronomically good offensive line-wise this season, but the Chiefs were one of the three best, four best offensive lines, and they all made themselves, particularly the, the uh, tackles, uh, made themselves some money in that Super Bowl. It's actually kind of exactly the opposite of uh, the last time the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl where the offensive line, essentially everyone guaranteed that those tackles were never going to start in the NFL again because of what the Bucks did to them. This week it was like, oh, oh, we didn't know. Okay, yeah, Mahomes with time, I like the chances. Let's look at the Kelseys real quickly here. The Kelsey storyline... You were probably tired of it by the time the game took place uh, because it was smashed over your head. It was pretty cool, okay? Let's just get that out of the way. Storybook, right? The 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 Kel two brothers, right? You started learning even more things like Travis Kelsey was suspended during his college years and he lived rent-free with his brother that was on the same team for that year and the brother was keeping him on the straight and arrow while also going into the coaches periodically and saying, when are you going to reinstate Travis? When are you going to bring back Travis? Till eventually they both make it to the NFL. They both become future Hall of Famers. They both become Super Bowl champions. And then the play, they play against each other. It's a storybook until the final score. Kelsey's were star of the week. Not just Travis and Jason. Donna. Star. Both Kelsey's played really, really well in that game. So the game starts, right? And, and I'm still marveled by the fact that Travis Kelsey gets as open as he does. And and again, I would put a defensive end right on him, physical at the line of scrimmage, and my best cover guy running with him everywhere. Still gets open. First drive, right? The Eagles, ding, 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 touchdown. The Chiefs basically go Mahomes to Kelsey, Mahomes to Kelsey, Mahomes to Kelsey, and then this. And then this. Looking that way, throwing that way. Kelsey got it. Touchdown. 
Kelsey, got it, touchdown. Marveled by the fact that he gets open. I'm still marveled by Jason Kelsey's ability to pull from the center position. It's nuts. We expect pulling guards to be a thing. He snaps it, gets out around the edge, and beats the running back to the spot to be a lead blocker. Those two guys, very good. The storyline was perfect until the younger brother won. Because Jason Kelsey is a 35-year-old undersized offensive lineman, and a win sends him off, right? He gets the upper hand, he wins the arm wrestling match with the younger brother, and then he's gone. Travis Kelsey's going to be back. Travis Kelsey can match him in Super Bowls. He's 33, has a team that is set up, isn't showing signs of slowing down. He's going to be the better individual player in history's eyes. Jason Kelsey could have gotten one last, ha-ha, moved on. Instead, Travis won. And and the post-game interaction was actually tough to watch, tough to listen to. I don't know if you saw the mic'd up. Uh, you could tell Travis, after the win, wanted to have some kind of emotional, I love you, brother, type deal. Uh, Jason said, go celebrate. And Travis said, this has been the best year of my life. And, and Jason said, go celebrate. <laughs> he said, I love you, bro. Go celebrate. Basically saying, like, I want you to go be happy. I'm not going to be in that space with you right now. Here's Travis Kelsey after the game. There's nothing you can really say to uh, a loved one in, that, in a situation like that. You know, you uh, you joke around all the time and say that you want to be your brother in the biggest stage ever, but it's it's a uh, it's a weird feeling. It's a weird feeling, and that team that that team had, had great leadership, great coaches. Obviously, at the it came down to the end, and uh, we got all the respect in the world for those Eagles, man. But um, there's nothing really I could say to him other than I love him, and he and he played a hell of a year, a hell of a season. It was like. Oh, mm. And I actually thought it was funny, right? Because at media day, Jason Kelsey was asked if he knew what he would say to Travis if Jason beat Travis. He's like, have you thought about what you would say if your team wins? And he said, you know, I have an idea of what I would like to say, but, you know, I don't want to plan it. It has to be an emotional thing. But I thought it was funny that he had an idea of what he wanted to say to Travis. And then Travis's team won and Jason was like, don't talk to me. (laughs) Like, I had something to say to you, but no, you don't say nothing to me. Thought it was a good time. Here's Jason Kelsey talking about Travis's win. Yeah, I'm just happy for him. You know, congratulations. It's hard to get here. It's uh, I hadn't quite let the emotion get to me yet. I'm sure we'll have a more emotional interaction. Still frustrated at that point. But, you know, really, really happy for Trav. You know, played his ass off. That team deserves everything they had coming to him. They've earned it. Got a lot of respect for everybody in that organization. There's a lot of people in that organization that gave me my start in this league including the head coach Andy Reid so obviously would have liked to win but you know happy for Trav for sure it's gonna be an awkward podcast but it's gonna be an awkward podcast it's gonna be they should bring they should each bring a friend it should be like Kelsey and or Jason and Mylotta and then Travis and Mahomes right they, they need to they need someone else to break the ice I do think it would have been very very uh appropriate if Jason would have won the game whispered to Travis after the game I'm retiring the league is yours now right make the name proud he retires in the distance then Travis can win like two or three more right so they each have their own little bragging rights over each other but instead Travis is just gonna have all the bragging rights (laughs) sorry younger brother you know Tim Donnelly Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. Call and text lines open 757-687-9494. The Eagles lost. Jason Kelsey lost. Nick Sirianni lost. 
Don't blame Jalen Hurts. Coming up.